Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you guys out to another Barely Mentioned podcast, a podcast designed for men and the women that love them. Today, we're going to be doing a Barely Mentioned podcast um, Q&A edition. Um, this past weekend was full of ministry for me, so I wasn't able to prepare um, a message for the men. Um, but this podcast uh, today, this Q&A is going to be set aside for you all. What's up, Jessica? We'll be set aside for you all to ask any questions about life, um, hopefully specifically about men. I hope there's some fellas here that has questions about, about manhood. Any uh, ladies in here who has questions about manhood? Um, but any question, I'm going to take some time to answer. Um, I, had about, I have about 45 minutes in my schedule today. So I want to make sure I give you guys some kind of content, some kind of value. What's up, Josh? What's up, favorite one? What's up, Elizabeth? Hope you guys and gals are doing exceptionally well. And for those who's new to my channel, I want to welcome you guys out. My name is Coach Josh. Um, if you watch the Good Guys podcast, I'm Slim Rev. Um, but um, hope you guys are doing exceptionally well. Feel free to hit the subscribe button, hit the bell. Love to see you a part of the community. Get a thumbs up, comment, all that good stuff. Um, but I'm here to serve. Any questions you guys have, gal, gals have, I'm here to serve you all. Um, so let's get right into it. But for those who are new to the channel, I, I upload regularly. So feel free to engage with the uh, previous uploads and all that good stuff. And for those who are listening and watching later on YouTube, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, I say thank you guys so much for listening. It's an honor that you guys and gals are listening through those streams. And I think that thank you guys for supporting the content. I pray it continues to be a blessing. All right, who has the first question? Let's see what's going on. What's going on, Pink October? What's up, Jacqueline? Hope you girls, you gals and guys are doing exceptional well. Jessica has a question. What should single women know about men if they haven't had much experience with them? Good question. What should single women know about men if they haven't had much experience with them? <clears throat> what you should know about men of God is how I want to get specific with it because you don't want to confuse yourself with the carnal side of man. One of the, let's start with the one thing. One thing you should know about a man of God is that a man of God is a man of God. That, that he relies on God, that <clears throat> he's imperfect, that the whole purpose of uh, the whole essence of who he is, is who God is to him. And a lot of ladies, when they don't have that much experience with men, they sometimes think that men um, that they want to marry should have complete full understanding of them as a woman. Men are completely different. We are wired different. We think differently. We process differently. We were made uniquely different than the woman to complement the woman. And some ladies who don't have much experience with men, they think that men think like them, communicate like them. Some women who don't have experience with men think that men um, completely understand uh, their emotions. Some women who ha haven't had much experience with men believe that men can read in between the lines of women's um, um, feelings or <clears throat> thoughts or whatever, but men are completely different. You have to understand that men were not made from the woman, that most men are not going to always want to be up under you, that men were um, are, are adventurers. They like to go out. They like to be a part of their purpose. Um, a man of God will be balanced, though. A man of God will not completely abandon his family, abandon his wife um, to pursue ministry, to pursue business, to pursue um, what's out here in the land. But a man is a man that needs to go and be amongst other men. Uh, men need to um, be amongst their craft. And, and ladies have to give that man that balance. Women have to give men um, that, that leeway. Um, the number one thing that you have to understand about men, that they are not boys. And sometimes women who've been around um, boys a lot, they'll treat them as such. Um, they'll treat them as if they're not um, 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 able to be um, um, decision makers of their own. Um, 
Ladies who haven't had much experience with men should understand that a good man can be trusted, that she has to make sure that all of her insecurities um, is 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 out. Um, she has to make sure um, 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 that, that she doesn't have a preconceived uh, expect uh, um, outlook on men, that she got to make sure that she doesn't surround herself with with women who talk a certain kind of way about men. There's a lot of different things um, that women um, should understand about men. That's important. Um, but know for a fact that men, all men are differently, but there are similarities and that God knows exactly how to partner with the right one. So what should single women know about men if they haven't had much experience with them? And all those things I said, I hope helped. But I may elaborate a little bit more about that <clears throat> in a video because I think that's a perfect question for me to really tackle. And all of that was off the top of the dome. But I really want to give some specific um, attention to that question. So that may be a video coming up soon, Jessica. Why do men move on faster than women? It seems like... <clears throat> Excuse me. Why do men move on faster than women? It seems like it takes us years to heal and they can move on in days. You have to understand um, that women are the emotional um, side of God's creation of the human, um, that emotional connections are stronger than physical connections, that a man, if he, the only reason if the only reason why he was in a relationship was because of physical uh, reasons. It's easy for him to get over because it's all about his loins. It's all about what he can get from the relationship physically. But because most women, they they connect first emotionally and they're and they're sustained emotionally in a relationship. Then when a man breaks off the relationship with the woman, then the woman starts starts feeling uh, deeper wounds than a man. But what most cases is, is that men feel the pain later because the man this doesn't matter. If it's a meaningful relationship, that man still cares. But because he's physically dominant, because he's sexually dominant, it's easy for him to move on because of the urges, because of his flesh. But later on down the line, when he feels that, when he recognizes that his physical paralysis and his physical pursuits cannot um, really sustain him, then he's going to start remembering the good woman that he let go. So the reason why men move on fast is because they have physical needs and they're only in a relationship for physical satisfaction, sexual satisfaction. But later on down the line, when they when the emotions are, are, are unraveled, and the emotions come to the surface after they have been disappointed after their sexual and physical pursuits, then that's when they're emotionally wounded. Women are usually emotionally wounded in a breakup in the, in the beginning because of the emotional um, detailedness about the woman. Um, but later on, the man is hurt emotionally because he's he found out that his physical sexual pursuits has failed him. And that's what happens. You'll be like, man, what mess up a lot of men is they'll hurt a woman. The woman hurt because she's emotional, but she'll heal over time. And then when he gets hurt, he tries to go back to her, but she's healed. But now he's hurting. So don't count it strange that a man moves on faster, especially if he's a sexual undriven individual and he's just out there just trying to get up under, get on, get on top or get up under somebody else. Don't don't count that strange. But later on, you'll find him back in his emotional pool, emotional puddle of uh, disappointment when he found out that his sexual pursuits have failed him. So why do men move on faster than women? Sexual reasons. No, no immediate intentional emotional connection. Um, but most men who do have some kind of love for the woman, but leave and break away and move on supposedly faster years, if not months down the road, will find themselves hurting because they thought that their sexual pursuit will sustain them. Hope they help. <clears throat> All right. 
Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Josh, how do I keep myself from these thoughts? <laughs> That's funny, bro. You know how you keep yourself from these thoughts? Make sure your thoughts are renewed. That's how you keep yourself away from them. So you can't, you can't, you can't control the thoughts that that walk within your environment or the 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 ladies who are after you sexually or after you, whatever. You can't control them coming in, but you can control them coming in here. And you can control yourself from not going in them. So what happens, what to help you, Josh, is you got to keep yourself away from it mentally. I talked about in the next episode of the Good Guys podcast is coming out this Friday. We talked a lot about um, the uh, why godly men don't cheat. And and we talked about the mindset of a godly man. It's so tough. It's so uh, focused that the man, the mind of a man of God understands that whatever he allows here, he will he he will uh, manifest in his life. So how to keep yourself around certain women that that you may feel may try to be pulling you down is to make sure that your mind hasn't pulled you down in the beginning. Is to make sure that you have a strong mind that continuously renews itself in the things of God, and that you realize that any time utilized around a woman with those characteristics doesn't benefit you. So that's what I would tell you for that. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys and gals. Yeah, men are completely sent sent from uh. One man thought I should be okay with having 13 kids. Wow. I don't like being on the sunshine all day. I need to go. I, that, that's true. I don't. I didn't mean to generalize women. And please forgive me if I generalize. Not all women like to be up under men, but that's usually um, a character trait because of, because of a woman's care, a woman's um, desire, a wife's desire to take care of a man. Being up under a man doesn't mean I got to be wherever he is, but it's just that y'all have a different connection than we do. Or y'all have a different, um, how can I put this, uh, uh, endurance complex when it comes to that. Y'all can y'all can last a little bit longer up under us than we can. Sometimes we can't spend that much time, not because we don't want to spend that much time. It's because we're built and wired different. <clears throat> Excuse me. Off topic. Good day. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, good topic. Off topic. Good day, Slim Rev. What's going on, Slim Rev? But my question is, how is it that our sins are, are exempt once saved? What are the judgment we'll face when we meet at the throne? Good question. The Bible says you're going to be held accountable for everything you do in the body. That even though your soul may be saved, you still have to go through a judgment. You have to get um, because that's just what it is. Um, as believers, there are different rewards. There's different um, um, ruler, ruler, not rulerships, but there's different um, places uh, of for individuals to rule. And so a lot of people think that because my sins have been forgiven, they forget about um, um, the work and the purpose for the kingdom. You see what I'm saying? And so as believers, we have to understand that we're going to have to face our maker face to face to be judged on how we um, lived in this body, how we leased this body. What do we do with the hope that was in us, with the gospel that was in us? What do we do with it? And the Bible talks about be very careful how you build on the foundation. It's in first and second Corinthians. It says, be very careful how you build on the foundation as Christ, that some will build with gold and precious stones and some will build with stray, I mean, uh, hay and straw. But everybody's works will be judged by fire. And after it has been judged by fire, if the work has uh, sustained itself, that's the reward they get. But some people have built on Jesus with hay and straw. <clears throat> and when the holy fire of God begins to judge that person's work, not that person's life. What I mean by life is you're saved. We're not talking about your salvation. We're talking about the fruit of that salvation that's evident within your cooperation will all be tested by fire. And the Bible then reads at the bottom that even though their soul will be saved, they still suffered loss. 
So we're all going to get judged. And it is not for heaven and hell. It's for positions, it's for awards, etc. And um, it's important for us to live this life not for those things, but we should be living our life more purposefully because we know, see, people, when they feel like, well, God ain't going to judge us, you ain't going to live with a life full of urgency. <clears throat> You're not going to live life productively. You're not going to really care about certain things. But if a person really cares about that, I'm going to have to be held accountable. People who know they're they're held accountable or will be held accountable, they work differently than those who don't think or seek accountability. Hope they help. You're so welcome, Jessica. I find it hard focusing in on prayer when it comes to group prayer. I find myself not knowing what to say. But when I'm by myself, I can pray for 20 minutes or more straight in prayer, feeling free. Elizabeth, that's natural. That's normal for a lot of people. Um, anytime you're in a group, groups can be intimidating, um, especially when you're around um, seasoned prayers or if you're around seeker prayers. See, there are seasoned prayers, people who know who can pray and, 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 and you feel the anointing and you feel the power and you feel the connection that can be intimidating. Or you also got seeker prayers, prayers, people who just pray seeking, seeking for attention. <clears throat> and sometimes that can be annoying. When you're around people who pray and they're seeking for attention and, and you and you're halt between two opinions, you're like, well, I can't pray as dope as a season prayer, but also I don't want to come off as a seeker prayer. So I just kind of just just do whatever. There's nothing wrong. Just pray what you feel in your heart. You're not talking to God for them. You're talking to God because of you. You know what I'm saying? On behalf of the group, on behalf of yourself. So all of my prayers is from the heart. I don't care who use bigger words. I don't care who's using uh, uh, looking for attention. As far as me and my prayer is me talking to God. If I have a history of talking with God privately, I'm going to pray the same publicly. You see what I'm saying? And so and so there's nothing wrong with that. And it's OK not to when it comes to group prayers. There's no competition. There's no there's no need for you to pray. If all you want to do is just sit there and just pray under your breath and just say how you want to say. Don't feel disappointed. Don't feel discouraged. And don't feel embarrassed, do you? That's between you and God. It's a conversation between you and God. Who cares what other people think or how they pray? Don't let it affect you being used by God in the moments in groups. <clears throat> Excuse me, hope that help. Oh, I don't, um, I mean, I don't like being up under someone all day. I have to, I know that's right. Women have things to do too. So please forgive me if that generalization came off a certain kind of way. I know you ladies don't sit like to be up under us all day. We're talking about y'all are more comfortable being around us. I mean, no, I want to say up under. Please forgive me. Y'all like to be, some like to be around us a little bit more than we can. You know, it's not because we don't want to be around. There's just, y'all just, some women are just wired and built differently. And men are just built differently, man. We we love being around you, but we're we're just wired and built different. So please forgive me if I generalize, general generalized, and I didn't mean to say certain those things like that. So please forgive me. God bless you. God bless you too, Joe. Jessica says, uh, "Let me make sure I got your other question." Jessica, give me one second. All right, here we go. <clears throat> please forgive me. Oh, what's up, Bronx? Adriana back in the building. Oh, I'm skipping questions. I'm sorry. Here we go. Here we go. My, my thing scroll down. Uh, off topic. Good day, Slim Rev. What's going on? What's going on? I find it hard for... Oh, we already did that one. Hey, Coach. What's up, Jaretta? I meant I don't like... Okay, here we go. There is a generalization that many women dreamed of marriage and always wanted. What about men? Do men desire marriage more than women? You got some men out there that do. I think in this new world that we live in where uh, women are um, entrepreneurial and are, are business women, um, and there's a lot of men out there who uh, in certain sectors probably care more about marriage 
uh, than some women. Um, so I think in this new age, it could be more balanced out. Um, but I think um, anywhere where there's idolatry, whether it's in the heart of a man or heart of a woman, you're going to find that over, <clears throat> excuse me, des- overbearing desire and need for relationship. So there are a lot of men out there who are who are um, looking to be married more than women do. And that's why they pursue so hard. That's why I tell women, dictate the pace. Don't let that man pursue you like that. You'd be like, yo, man, why are you so thirsty? Why are you so hype? Well, I'm not that dope. I'm dope, but I'm not that dope. Do you really know what it what it means to be me? Do you know what it means to be in a relationship? Because there's a lot of men who want it so bad because they don't want to sin in their singleness, quote unquote. So what I do is, listen, I want you so bad. They don't really want you. They just want to fulfill their sexual desire and they know they can't have sex outside of marriage. So everybody has to question why they want marriage. Some men, only reason why they want to be married is for sexual reasons. And when they get married and realize that the sexual expectations cannot be, their sexual expectations cannot be met by a woman, they're now disappointed and want out. Just like a woman whose expectation of a man is soul security, soul stability, and I'm just going to be lazy all day. I'm just going to be just receiving and not giving. They get disappointed when that man has needs too. So everybody has to examine their reasons why they want to get married. And if you really know the, the, the standards and demands of marriage, you will take your time. So there's a lot of men out there <clears throat> excuse me, that want marriage equal or if not more than women. How do you find peace for somebody that you've left because of Jesus? Mm -hmm. I left my boyfriend because God, even though we had a good relationship and now I feel like I've caused him a lot of suffering. Listen, the only reason why he's suffering because he idolized you or idolized the idea of you or idolized the relationship. So don't feel, if a person is suffering, don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. People, people gonna be disappointed. It's one thing to be saddened and it's another reason to be suffering. Suffering means that he's not sourced by God. It's nothing wrong with being sad. Like, man, I really liked her. I really wanted to be with her. But if that man is suffering, it could be one of two things. One thing is he's suffering to try to get your attention, to make you feel bad, to get back with him. Or he's deeply suffering because he idolized you and the idea of you. So anything you leave for God is worth it. Sometimes God adds by subtracting. And if a person is suffering because you was subtracted from them, then that person needs to be healed by God and you are incapable of doing so. So there's one or two reasons why he's suffering. One, he's using it as a manipulative mechanism to get you feeling bad about him so that you can get back with him. Or he's suffering deeply because he made an idol out of you and an idol out of the relationship and he needs to be healed by God. And there's nothing that you can do <clears throat> excuse me, to help him because it is what it is. And you then calls him suffering. He calls himself suffering. We have to let go of people and realize that some of the connections that we have to people and that people have to us is due to idolatry. And that the worst, the greatest pain that a person will ever go through, the greatest pain a person will ever go through is when they're stripped away from their idol. No pain is greater. So you think that you cause a suffering. No, your obedience to God contribute to the suffering, but the ultimate suffering that that person, that young man is feeling is the idolatry that he has been allowed to be birthed in his heart. And you should be thanking God that God took you away from him. Um, because anyone, uh, there's, there's not one relationship uh, where, where idolatry is present that is a good relationship to be in. Good question. Uh, next question. Chaos is everywhere in my life. The enemy is trying to attack my mind, family, and health. I am a 
I am a, um, <clears throat> what's that word? Married. I am a married mother of two and I'm trying the best to stay focused on God. I believe that God is called. I believe that God is called. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. I don't know what's going on. I slept up under the fan a little bit too long this morning. And not only me and my family, but I want to make sure I'm doing what God wants me to. <sighs> chaos is evident. I only want to say chaos. Disturbances are evident in a believer's life for two reasons. The first reason why there could be disturbance in your life is because of your personal decisions. Another reason why there's disturbance in your life is because of demonic resistance of you pursuing your destiny. So they're, if they're trying to attack your mind, family, and health, and you're a mother of two, and you try your best to stay focused on God, and you believe that you're called according to you called and anointed by Him, now it's time for you to increase your spiritual awareness and your spiritual authority to ensure now you guard these different areas in your life. Um, email me today. Go to my website, IamUnplugged.com. And I want you to go, okay, go to IamUnplugged.com. And this is for everyone. Go to IamUnplugged.com forward slash worksheets. And I want you to go to World War Me book download and uh, spiritual warfare prayer download. I got a, my, my World War Me book on spiritual warfare is free. You can go ahead and download the PDF right now and get those prayers. I want you to get that book, get those prayers and build yourself up. Understanding your authority in Christ, understanding your weaponry, understanding your uh, uh, your uh, dominion over the devil and read that material and utilize the material to gain strength. Because I can go in great detail about this, <clears throat> but I that book's available for you right now. So, Jessica, go to my website. I am unplugged.com. I do it right now for you. And everyone who's watching who want that free download is yours. I am. Oh, I am unplugged. Oh. Plugged.com forward slash worksheets. Oh, I was up late last night and I just woke up maybe a couple of hours ago. So I may not be in my rhythm, but I'll be in the river. There we go. All right. Is it normal for men to walk away from a relationship that has that was built over time? That time, emotions, love was invested into without explanation. Did they even care? Good question. I, I answered it a little bit earlier, um, but I'll answer to you now just in case you came into the chat, came into the uh, live stream a little bit later. <clears throat> Listen to me closely. They care. They just carrying certain issues that you shouldn't care no more about. <clears throat> so what happens is most men, not most men, some men, are only invested in a relationship for sexual desires. Under the substratum of their, of their lust is care. They do care, but they care more about getting their rocks off. They care more about their sexual desires or they care more about their emotional needs being met. Some men are in relationships because they want their, their they have, they had a bad uh, childhood. And I make it plain, men who didn't have good mothers Men who um, uh, didn't really see their mother cared for, it warps their perspective. If they seen men out of their mom's life or they didn't see a good example of a man as a father, they got deep emotional wounds. 
That's why you can't get in a relationship with a man who is still dealing with those emotional issues. See, a man who has not been completed by God is going to always feel or look to be completed by a woman or to be completed by someone or something else. And he will continue to go into relationship and he'll sit there for a while. Will this complete me? Oh, I don't feel completed. So what they do, they go out and find somebody else and they'll sit there for a while. Love is there. Care is there because they really want to be completed. So a man is going to some men are going to do whatever it takes to feel completed. But when they don't feel that they're completed, they'll go somewhere else. We are supposed to complement each other. Whole a whole pair, a whole pair of pants complements a whole shirt. It's complements each other. A whole tie complements a shirt. You see what I'm saying? So when a man is looking to be completed by a woman and that woman doesn't complete his emotional needs, his sexual desires, he's going to go into another relationship to be completed. But that's not your responsibility. No woman can complete a man. A woman is supposed to compliment a man, not complete him. And every man is listening to me right now. You have to go to Jesus and be completed, made whole. <clears throat> Excuse me. Completion doesn't mean perfection. Completion means ready and mature. Not all, not all maturity is perfect, but at least you're mature enough for that level to function. So the reason why men do these kind of things and women do these kind of things is because they're looking to be completed. And that's why you'll be like, but we was together for two and a half years. He really was trying to invest in that relationship. He was really trying to be completed. But the moment he felt like, well, the sex is getting old and she's begging me about being married and she's this and that. And I, I don't feel completed anymore. Let me go and see if this other pastor, this other woman can complete me. So don't count it strange when it happens. Um, but deep down inside, there is some emotional connection. He cares, but he cares more about his needs being met. And he cares more about being completed than he is um, being with you. But that should be a warning to every woman and a warning to every man. If you see that the thirst is real, if you see that, that person really wants you badly and they really are, are hype in the beginning, that's a red flag letting you know that person is looking to you to complete them. A person who is completing themselves and 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 has a balanced connection with you, meaning they like spending time with you, but they also got purpose too. They're not overly um, texting you all day because they at work and they're doing they're about their business. Like, like if a person is texting on you, texting you all day or waiting on you to text you all day or can't wait to talk to you at the end of the day or um, is always want to spend time with you, don't have nothing to do for themselves. Those are red flags of a person who wants to be completed by you and not wants that doesn't want to compliment you. Hope they help. Here we go. Let me scroll back up again. Great questions, you all. I right, have about 10 more minutes and I'm out. I'm going to do another podcast. Um, yes, I struggle with this too. I'm insecure about praying out loud with other people. Your security will grow. Your confidence will grow. Take your time and, and just do you. And, and that's that's all you can do. Is it normal in church to go black and tell people's... Go back. I'm sorry. <laughs> go black. I'm sorry. Go back and tell people's business and leadership... Man, church, uh, a church is a hospital. And I like to add to it, a church is also a fitness facility too. But in a hospital, there are a lot of sick people. Just like in a hospital, there's a lot of sick people. And in a church, there's a lot of sick people. And when people do that kind of stuff, that's insecure. 
and and it's normal in certain churches because you have people looking for power, you're looking for people, you got people who's insecure, you got people who's envy and jealousy. So do not do not allow that to make you give up on a church. Let you realize that the church is a hospital full of sick people and people that need help, and that should then lead you not to show yourself or speak about yourself around everybody. So is it normal in the church to go back and tell people's business leadership? That's normal in a lot of churches because people are messy. That's normal in the workplace. That's normal anywhere you go. People are messy. So what you got to do is make sure your mess is not seen around messy people because they will tell your mess to their master in chief, <clears throat> their pastor. Good questions. Um, oh, second part. There's nothing to forgive. You are good. I like your explanation about men and women and how women can be. Admit. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad, Elaine. Appreciate you. Coach, you have any advice on how to reach out to someone in your family, in, in your family member that you may be afraid to speak to and don't feel like that person understands you? Um, Adriana, good question. What I will tell you is this. God will prepare a table. God will make your crooked path straight. What I will always tell a person in this is that before you approach a person, approach God. God, you. this is heavy on my heart right now. This is a care that I'm carrying, but at this moment, I'm casting this care on you, Heavenly Father. I need your help with this. I really feel like I need to have this conversation with this individual. Will you receive this care off of my heart, number one? And number two, Heavenly Father, open up the opportunity for me to have this conversation with this individual, for me to have clarity or for me to have closure or for there to be a constructive conversation to be had and then give it over to God and then leave it alone. That's why I tell people, don't, don't worry about it. Most of the prayers that we pray are petitioning, are petition heavy. They should be praise heavy. So what I say, people give it to God one time. You don't want to bug God or bug God over and over again about something that he already has settled. What you do is you doing it for you. You're petitioning God for you. God already knows what's on your heart. You doing it for you. So when you give that uh, a prayer to God, you saying, God, here, I need you to handle this. I need your help with this. After you give it to him, you leave it in him. And then what you do from there, God, I believe that I received this from you. God, I thank you so much that you answered my prayer. You are good God. Now you go praise heavy about that issue. And then over time, God will set the right. That person either call you, you will see them at the grocery store. You will feel led to call them. And then that will be the right season for you to give um, your uh, your concerns to. Because some of us, we be trying to sow seed into hard ground and then get mad if there's no fruit. You got to let the Holy Spirit go before you to toil that person's heart, to toil that person's issue with you. And then when their heart has softened, then the seed of your concern can be receptive or received, and then everything will be solved. Perfect love cast out fear. So if you're afraid, let the perfect love of God cast out that fear. He'll give you a peace that passes all the understanding, and you give it over to God, and you let God supernaturally set the platform and the time because we want something. We, we be wanting things so bad, but the situation is not good enough yet. <laughs> We want things so bad, but God's like, give me time. I'm preparing the person's heart. God cannot force a person to do anything. So you have to let God do what he knows best to do to make sure that person's heart is ready to receive from you. It is sometimes selfish and arrogant of us 
to demand something before it's time. If you really want the solution to be had, I'm not talking about you specifically, Adriana, but if you want the solution to be had, you will let God go before you make that crooked path straight. So when you walk to that person, it was it'll be it will be a miraculous moment for you guys and gals to mend whatever y'all need to mend. Hope to help. How do you get intimacy with God? I'm doing a video tomorrow, <clears throat> Lord willing, if I can get to the um, notes on how to cultivate a strong relationship with God. So I will be doing a video on that tomorrow, but let me help you now. How do you get intimacy with God? Being intentional takes work. Intentional, it takes it takes doing stuff when you feel it. Like in my marriage, marriage is, marriage is not always easy. You got to die to yourself. You have to be intentional. You got to do things you don't feel like doing. And, and that's what gets the, the wheels of the relationship going is when you put the work in, when you oil it and you and you put the elbow grease in there and you intentional and you fight against your selfish and carnal feelings and you fight to make it work. That's how you burst through the intimacy, intentionality. Being intentional leads to intimacy. Being intentional, even when you find it the hardest, is where you get the, the ripe intimacy from your relationship, right? So that's what you do. If you want intimacy from God, you got to be intentional. When you find it the hardest to pray, you pray your hardest. When you find it the hardest to talk to God and seek God, that's when you seek him the hardest. Because when you get beyond that hard shell of resistance demonically or personally, then when you break through, you will find this sweet pasture of, of, of peace and presence of God that will be sustained by you intentional, being intentional about it. So I'll talk more about that tomorrow, Lord willing. Um, but you get intimacy with God from being intentional, by being a, being an investor and not just a a, a receiver. You got to invest in it. You got to engage in with Him. You got to be intentional. If you want intimacy with God, you got to remove all those carnal things that you may be intimate with. You got to. You can't be intimate with sin and be intimate with God and expect to win. You got to let go of sin. You got to lay aside every weight that so easily besets you. <clears throat> right? If you want that intimacy with God, let's keep going. Got about seven more minutes. Can you share the books and speakers that specifically talk about spiritual warfare on an advanced level that you would recommend? Also, how do you deal with human spirits versus demonic ones? You're so welcome, Captain Bones. Right now, I don't really have a person that I can really say that I trust. I'm at this moment. I'm very cautious about the people I send people to. So please forgive me on that. Um, there is not a person I can think of right now. Um, there is a person though that I did listen to a lot. What's his name, Lord? Um, oh man, what's his name? Oh man, hold on, hold on. He's he he's passed away. Um, man, what's his name? Let me look him up. Give me one second. Let me find him. Let me find him for you. And um, I listened to him, but there's some other people that talk about it. But uh, I'm very careful who I send people to. So please forgive me on that. No, don't forgive me on that. Just understand me on that. Um. Okay, okay, okay. Let me see. Um, let me see if this is the right person. Derek Prince. There we go. Derek Prince is the name. Let me let me copy his name. Uh, this is a person that I that I that um that I can say at the moment that would benefit. But other people, I'll let me let me think about it, and I may post a resource a little bit later. So Derek Prince, he talks a lot about spiritual warfare. That's a couple of other guys. That I, that I I forgot their names, but once I figured them out, um, I'll send it to you. But that's just how I am. I don't like uh, giving names and people out to people unless I truly 
um, see fruit in their lives, and I care about you all. So, um, so that's on that. Also, how do you deal with human spirits versus demonic spirits? Good question. Uh, so human spirits are just humans. You're dealing with just humans who are going through all kinds of stuff, right? Um, human, the human nature of a person is affected one of two extremes, either from the divine or from the demonic. So they both kind of cross with each other. So how you deal with them is do you deal with them through discernment and you deal with them through the Holy Spirit scanning them. So what I do with people is everyone deserves my love, but not everyone deserves my heart. <clears throat> everyone deserves the hope that's in me, but not everybody deserves my treasure. You see what I'm saying? So when I'm around people, everybody gets some kind of level of love. Not all love is equal. Like the love that I give my wife is different than the love I would give somebody else, but everyone gets some kind of love. Everybody gets at least a pat on the back, at least a that, at least a listening ear. But there's levels to your love. You have to you have to determine through the leading of the Holy Spirit what love to give to people so that you don't find yourself last sold to a person demonically or connected to someone's human imbalances affecting you going forward. Thanks for answering my question, Coach. You're so welcome. No problem. School is stressing me. How can I relieve stress without going back to my sinful routine? Great question, because a lot of people, the reason why they go back to certain things and the reason why they fall into certain sin is because of stress. Stress is the leading cause of disease and the leading cause of, of falling into sin, right? Um, you have, we all have to understand the world that we live in and the stress that they intentionally put on us, and especially in school especially in a lot of areas of life. There's sometimes unnecessary stress that's put on people and it leads people into certain areas of influences. And and we have to be very careful that, that we are where the will of God is, all right? The safest place and the most endorsed place in life is in the will of God. And what I mean by that is, if you're in the school and in the degree that you're supposed to be in, then God will supernaturally sustain you no matter how pressuring or stressing the environment. Or if you are in the right place, you have to make sure, do I have the right mind? God may have you at the right school. He may have you in the right degree, but you got to have to say, do I have the right mind? Do I have the right disciplines? Am I utilizing my time well? Am I going to class? Am I, am I wasting my time? And then I waste the last minute to study? Am I causing this unnecessary stress or is this environmental stress? If it's environmental stress, but you're in the will of God, then God will supernaturally sustain you. But if you are in the right place where God wants you to be, but you have poor time management, you have poor money management, and you wait till last minute to do things, then it could be just you causing unnecessary stress, despite how stressful the situation may be. So now you have to look at your routines. Am I maximizing my time? Am I utilizing my time right? Am I in the right school? Am I in the right degree? Am I in the right, am I in the will of God? These are all questions you have to ask yourself and that will kind of help bring ease even a pressuring situation. Good question though. Uh-oh, uh-oh. I'm at the last couple of minutes. All right, here we go. Uh, all right. Is it true that only married people can give married people advice and only single people can give single people advice? I hear it a lot and just want to know if it's true. Good question. Um, <clears throat> the Bible says consider the ant. You know, um, uh, you cannot, we cannot limit certain people. Now, let me make this plain because this is just 
basic understanding. You cannot give accurate advice in an area that you did not live. You can't give thorough advice in an area you did not live. So back before I was married, I wasn't trying to give married advice. I was trying to give, I was giving married prepared, preparedness advice. You see what I'm saying? Right now, I don't talk too heavy about marriage. I may give clues and insight about what I'm choosing to do in my marriage, but I'm not, I can't speak from a 20 year vet because I haven't been married for 20 years. So I could only give, and that's when I look at my analytics on YouTube, it's crazy how there's like, uh, um, zero to 18 and there's like 18 to 35. And it's crazy how the, the 24 to 35 area of my analytics is my biggest audience because that's where I'm at. You see what I'm saying? So, so when it comes to married people, um, I do believe that, that married people are probably the best ones to give. Yeah. Let's just keep it plain. They're they're 99.9% the best ones to give advice because they're actually doing it. Now, you may have people, uh, let's just keep it, let's just keep it real. Uh, but I think married people, the reason why they kind of give bad singleness advice is because they haven't been single in a long time or singleness for them was different than singleness now. Like I talked to the college kids the other day and I was like, I was in college 10 years ago <clears throat> or 12 years ago. My goodness. Coach getting old. I was in college 12 years ago. College, now there, don't get me wrong, there's nothing new up under the sun, but there are certain things that are done differently under the sun. It ain't new, but it's done differently. You see what I'm saying? And so I had to be understanding. I couldn't be like, just how you're supposed to be in college. But in my college, we didn't, when I was in college, we didn't, there was no Instagram. Do you not know that all the three and a half years I was in college, there was no Instagram? That the only thing we that my freshman year was the first year we had Facebook. That my my graduation day I got my first cell phone. Like so, the world was different. Even though things were done similarly, things are done differently. So a lot of married people try to give advice single people, but they forget that when they were single, they they had afros and bell bottoms. That when they were single, they all the, the drugs they had around them was crack. You know what I'm saying? Around them was uh uh um NWA and uh and and um. And uh, 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 LL Cool J, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> so, but 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 there's still similarities, but there's differences of of whatever. So, I do believe that there are people who are seasoned enough and aware enough to give advice both sides. But I think married people are the best when to give married advice because they're actually doing it. There are certain people that are in the preparedness business that can kind of give insight on how to be single. Um, so that's what I did. I, that's why a lot of my material is for singles, because that was the bulk of my life was single and preparing for marriage. Now, as I go deeper into marriage, I can then contribute to the married conversation. But right now, only thing I can contribute to married conversation right now is my reliance on God day to day. And only marriage advice I can give right now is 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 what to do in your first few months of marriage. <laughs> that's all I can give. But there are some truths to that. And when you have a bunch of single people giving married advice, watch out for them. If you got a bunch of married people giving single advice, but it's kind of off, watch out for them. But people who really genuinely care about the singles and genuinely care about the newlyweds, genuinely care about marriage, they will only speak from their experience. They will only speak from their level of maturity. All right, last question. I'm done. Do you believe in the Trinity? Probably two more. Do you believe in the Trinity of, or oneness? And do you think it's a hell or heaven decision? By the way, both believe, believes, believe in Jesus is God. I think I know what you're talking about, but let me see how, how I'm going to unpack this. Do you believe in the Trinity? Yeah, I believe God is one. And I believe in the Godhead, God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. 
Um, we're made in his image. We're three in one. He's three in one. Um, he's working in unison. His spirit is helping our whole triune nature work in unison. We have a body. We have a soul. We have a spirit. You see what I'm saying? God is three parts. God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit. Um, as far as the doctrines about that, if it's a hell or heaven issue, are you talking about in baptism? Um, I know there's a lot of issues with that. People like if you do you baptize them in in um, um, the father only or Jesus only or you baptize them in the father, son and spirit. Either way, where they baptize and they came up different. It, it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's what it boils down to me. So sometimes I don't get caught up in those doctrinal debates um, because a lot of those times those things cause confusion and unnecessary drama. Um, but I just believe in the baptism. I believe in once you go down and you come up, that that process is an example, is an expression of you dying to yourself, coming to life in Christ. As long as that person goes down and come up different, we cools with it. Next question. How do I enjoy my singleness in my time with God and know and work towards my purpose? Great question to end our time today. How do I enjoy my singleness? Like I've been saying for the last few weeks, look at the word enjoy. You got to enter God's joy, E-N-J-O-Y, enter his joy. You're not going to be strengthened through your singleness if you're not content in God, if he's not chosen joy. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. If you want to be strengthened, enter his joy. Now, how do you enter God's joy? Number one, <clears throat> you have to engage. You have to be, you have to engage. If you want to enter God's joy, you got to say, you, uh, let's keep it real. You got to enter it. You got to say, you know what? I'm going to mentally enter into God's joy through gratitude and thanks, get thanks, thankfulness. And that's what I do. Being in God's joy is a choice. If you choose to have a bad day, that's on you. You don't have to have a bad day. I don't care what happened to you 9 a.m. this morning. I don't care what happened to you 20 minutes ago. And I know some of y'all about to get off your lunch. And I don't care what happened to you from the coworker. You choose to change your day around. So if you want to be, if you want to enjoy your singleness, you got a number one E, enter his joy. And if you really want to enjoy your singleness, you got to say no to things and say yes to you. You got to say no. Listen, I'm not going to allow this to ruin my day. I'm going to enjoy my singleness. I'm, I know what I need to say no to. And I'm cool with that. And I was going to give the acronym, but I'm tired. Okay. So what I'm going to tell you this is. You have to understand that singleness is a gift. It's a gift. People care so much about a moment. And I can tell there's proof that people care so much about a moment by how much they care about a wedding. Most people dream so much about the wedding that they don't give themselves time to prepare for the marriage. So what happens is people care so much about the color arrangements and where are we going to be married and, and, and who I'm going to marry. And they care so much about the moment that they don't embrace the gift of singleness that helps them prepare for the next phase. And I always say this, singleness is not the prerequisite to marriage alone. Singleness is the prerequisite to marriage in partnership or in the next phase of your life. And what I mean by that is, your singleness is a gift for you to get to know God and to prepare yourself for the next phase of life. See what I'm saying? Some people, they just they just don't take advantage of their singleness. So the best way to really find joy in your singleness is to take advantage of it and say, you know what? I'm going to appreciate this singleness. I'm going to engage in it because I'm preparing myself for something. The value of something 
is predicated on the value of maturity you want to be in the next level. You will only value this level if you truly value the next level. People care about the next level, but they don't value it. They don't know what, they don't know, they don't, marriage is not held among, in honor amongst all. So because marriage ain't held in honor, there's no value in it. So people just think that everybody can do it. Everybody be like, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur. Oh, I want to do this. And my brother, Matthew Chapman, said yesterday to the college student that I want to do a video and that was very impactful. He was like, and we, we've talked about this, is that like people want to be where Jesus is. People want to do what great people do, but they don't want to drink from that great person's cup. They don't want to bear the burdens of that great person. You see what I'm saying? And so what happens is people want marriage, but they don't want to drink the cup of marriage. You know what I'm saying? So if you truly know the value of the next level, you will value this level. The reason why people don't value practice, because they don't really value the game. They don't care about basketball. They care about making money from basketball, but they don't care about winning the championship. If you really want to be a champion, you value practice. If you really want to be a, a husband and be a great husband or be a great wife, you will value singleness because you know for a fact, I want my marriage to win championships. That's how you enjoy marriage and walk in your purpose. Find the real value of marriage. Find the real value of life and you'll value why you are where you are. Love you guys. Y'all be blessed. I got to get ready to do a, um, a podcast with a brother of mine. Um, so I love you guys. I pray this was a good time. Tomorrow, that's what I'm going to do. Anytime I don't have notes ready for my barely mentioned or my daily plays or my dating prep podcast, we're just going to do a live Q&A. It's going to be rapid fire, 45 to 50 minutes, um, sometimes 30. Um, but I love you guys. Y'all be blessed. Save your questions. Hit the subscription. Hit the subscribe bell. Um, hit the subscri subscribe button and the bell. So that when you see live Q&A, you know I'm here to answer your question and I do answer them in an order. So be ready. Um, but I will throughout this summer do a lot more Q&As because that's how I feel that I best give value to you all. But if you want one-on-one -on -one coaching and you really was like, coach, I need my question answered and I need you to help me unpack this. I'm coaching this summer. So if you want one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, uh, just send me your budget. Go to my website, IamUnplugged.com. Go to the uh, custom coaching tab. Give me your budget. Tell me what you can do. And I'll custom a coaching session for you um, that's tailored to, to your budget. And I will serve you. And, and that's what I'll do. So if you want that one-on-one -on -one coaching, go to my website right now. I'll type it in right here. Uh, HTTP, uh, I am unplugged.com. Go to the uh, custom coaching tab. I would love to personally help you with your situation. Some of the, my clients was in the chat today. Adriana, she could tell you, um, just coached her recently. Um, but love you guys. Got to go. Y'all have a blessed one. Peace. And if, oh, oh, if you want anything, if you want to learn more about what I do, just go to my website, um, my, uh, my wife and I's mentoring program, six books, two card games, two free, co uh, um, two free, uh, courses, a course on insecurity and a course on procrastination free for you guys to, it's a 15, 20 videos with worksheets. Enjoy that on uh, what else? T-shirts for those watching on YouTube. If you start watching my video, people be like, man, I like your shirts. And I'd be like, oh man, I'd be forgetting to tell people up under all my YouTube videos are um, my T-shirts. I'm worth the wait. I follow, I lead. Love is not blind. Infatuation is. Infatuation is blind, not love. Those shirts are available for you. Um, I'll be creating more shirts for the Unplugged community here on YouTube um, for us to really build. And it's going to be quote shirts. It's going to be shirts that kind of helps people pose questions, start conversations. Love you guys. Make sure you check out those card games at Azzy Games.
Bet.com. Okay. My memory muscle card game is a, a card game on uh, memorizing scripture. And my dating prep card game is for those who's dating at every level, whether it's um, uh, you're preparing for dating, you're dating somebody, or you're it's a date night game for every level of every relationship, pretty much. Love you guys. Got to go. Peace.